I almost, almost forgot we were doing a, a show here for a minute. Say something. Something. All right. Very well. If you say something, say something. Wait. No, wait. That's not how it goes. And if you want to say something, call in. <laughs> Very well. The telephone number is 603-283-6160. If you would like to join us here on the live Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live. We're a live call-in radio program where you can take control of the radio and the internet and a couple satellite places that we broadcast and talk about whatever is on your mind. Uh, we're going to talk about stuff. You don't have to talk about what we're talking about. You can, of course, but the telephone number is 603-283-6160. I've titled tonight's program, The Children Win and the Children Lose. Ah, Yeah, because, well, we've got stories about both winning and losing, and they're both related to children. I think, you know, as you should do in, when delivering news, I think we'll, we'll start with the bad news first. How do the children actually lose? And by the way, uh, I am your host, the Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass, and joining me. I'm Nikki. You, you paused there for a minute. Are you sure? I, I threw myself off because I don't, I normally I just say, and Nikki, but I said, I'm Nikki, and it just... It just confused me. That's I just want to make sure that when I say, I'm pretty sure that I'm Nikki. When I like point at you and be like, "Hey, Nikki," you're like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, sadly, according to the Hill and uh, their reporters, there has been a sharp rise in online child pornography. Uh, just in, uh, I believe, 2020. To 2021 is the year in which they pulled this from. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children found a rise across multiple categories of online child pornography in 2021. The organization said there was a 35% increase from 2020 to 2021 in suspected child exploitation online. The group's cyber tip line received 29.3 million reports as it continues to track the threat to children online. The number of reports went up in categories such as CSAM, Possession Manufacture and Distribution, uh, Child Sex Tourism. I didn't. That's a thing? I didn't, I, oh, but I guess that would be like Epstein's Island, right? That was probably which, Child Sex Tourism. Which, by the way, can you guess the number of people who visited Epstein's Island that have been arrested? <laughs> what? Two? <laughs> I mean visitors. Not Epstein and, oh, and, and Max. Probably zero, considering it is, it is zero. They're all like still zero. celebrities and government officials. The number is still zero. And uh, you know, they would they would best prefer that everybody forget about that, but uh yeah. hopefully the people don't let them forget about it. So in case anybody doesn't know, raping children is bad. Yeah, I like let's shouldn't, just shouldn't have to be said. Shouldn't have to be said, but according to, you know, most of the people in the government and a bunch of celebrities that needs to be to be said yeah and now having said that the number of reports went up in categories such as uh, possession manufacturing distribution child sex tourism 
child sex trafficking, child sexual molestation, misleading domain names, online enticement of children for sexual acts, and unsolicited obscene material sent to children. So now I'm wondering, is this just the reports that are going up? Or is it, I wonder if it's more prevalent now. It's a good question. I don't know if the article answers that for you, but let's find out. The group was able to respond to notifications of images or videos in less than two days in 2021. NCMEC, I don't know what alphabet agency that is, sent reports to the police and was able to alert law enforcement to 4,260 potential new victims in 2021. Globally, 84 law enforcement agencies across 143 countries have access to the group's online or the group's tip line reports. So the NCMEC is the National Center for Missing Missing. and Exploited Children. Yeah. Thank you. That one's a hard one to remember because it's five letters. It's still an FLA. I prefer TLAs, two or three letter acronyms. FLAs, you get four and five. Like four, I'm okay with because I'm a musician. I got to four. Yeah, five? Once you, five, yeah, yeah, five is just a little too much. Yeah. Bust out the calculator. Globally, 84 law enforcement agencies across 143 counties have access to the tip lines reports. There are 71 international police forces who are able to receive cyber tip line reports directly and 61 additional countries who are able to receive reports through U.S. federal law enforcement attache, the group states. In support of easier adoption and use by international users, the case management tool fields and interface are available in eight languages with 10 additional translations planned. Domestically, all Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force have access, it added. So uh, 35%, pretty big increase. You know, you you asked the question of, is it just a... you know, uh, an increase in the number of uh, people calling these tip lines or otherwise informing people like, hey, I think something's wrong here. Uh, I, it, the article doesn't state that. Yeah, I know it'd probably be, but be even, hard to know, you know. But it is interesting to note that it's 2020 to 2021, the year in which they, they studied this because, well, that's the COVID year, right? So more people staying at home, you know, lockdowns, all that kind of stuff happening. Interesting to note, but you nailed it on the head earlier. Like all of this type of thing is wrong. Uh, Yeah. You can even go into the, you know, most heinous maximum security prison that you can find. And inside of these facilities, the, the child rapers, uh, <laughs> got a fear for their lives. Yeah, absolutely. And, and oftentimes, uh, you know, so I'm told their lives uh, end in there as well. Because even those types of criminals recognize yeah. that this is wrong in every way, shape, yeah, or and, form. And kids are so innocent, you know, so it's nobody likes somebody's that is messing with like kids or animals. Typically, those are the types like when you when you're messing with somebody who's like so innocent and vulnerable, it doesn't matter if somebody's like a serial killer. They, you know, they're. Yeah. They're yeah. Like, they're oh, you messing cool. with kids? Yeah. No, they're not cool going with down. that. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So in that way, the children are losing. I don't know why society as a whole can't wrap their brain around this. 
and come to terms with it and do away with it uh, as a society the globe over, right? Because it needs to go away. It needs to discontinue immediately, if not sooner. Well, and there's a lot of instances that I've heard um, women have told me where they have been, you know, something has happened to them when they were a child, whether they were molested or whatever. Yeah. Um, some kids were in foster care and they weren't believed, you know, whether it's like their stepdad doing it or if they were yeah. in foster care, because there's the like stigma like, oh, foster kids are just liars and whatever. And one of my friends literally told me that. She wasn't believed when she was assaulted because they told her that she was a foster kid and that she just made up stories because that's what all foster kids do. And it's like, hmm, is it that all foster kids make up stories or is it that your husband is doing weird stuff to kids and all of the foster girls that come in here are reporting this to you? Yeah. So, you know, what's it's it's hard to discern. It shouldn't be, but it is hard to discern at times. Uh, like those for particularly for bureaucracies, right? Bureaucracies, generally speaking, uh, including any sort of child law enforcement that might be going on, uh, they need evidence to act, and they do not accept just somebody's word about it. You know that kind of thing. Now, if mom walks in and sees the thing going on, it's plenty of evidence. They act immediately. Generally speaking. But there are so many that are not believed and fall through the the cracks that this type of an increase is unprecedented, in my opinion. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live coming up. Thank you for listening and tuning in to Free Talk Live. It's the Sunday night edition. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me, Nikki. Nikki what? Nikki Sunshine. Because right. last week we had several last yeah, names for it? you. Nikki, Nikki Moonlight. Moonbeam. Moon, moonshine. moonshine. Yeah. yeah. Sunlight, suntan. Wait, you're not tan though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nikki, Nikki, very sunny, pale, Nikki translucent. Sunny disposition. You know, I, I don't yeah. remember. We had a bunch of them. Uh, it is Free Talk Live, the telephone number if you'd like to join us, 603-283-6160. We were talking about this article from The Hill where the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children found a rise across multiple categories of online uh, child pornography, uh, a sharp online uh, rise of 35 percent from 2020 to 2021 so that's pretty significant uh and it's it's an illustration we started talking about how you know kids in like foster care don't get believed when they you know say hey so and so you know abused me in some way whether it's sexually or any other way Uh, and that does happen i spent some time as a foster kid and i can tell you that uh, it was not fun I did a little bit of time in like a group home. I I talk I, about I talk like about it's like jail. it's like it's jail. Yeah. yeah, I did some time in like a group home. Yeah. But I mean, I can't. I that's how I think of it. It wasn't a pleasant experience. It was uh, I was basically cattle, you know, shoved into a room with you know some other people. I had a bunk. You know, yeah. there were shared uh, showers and restrooms and that kind of thing. So 
I mean, it would have been the equivalent of like a minimum security prison and very much resembled that or a school. But I repeat myself. (laughs) But certainly things happen in the bureaucratic uh, foster care system that don't happen elsewhere. And also it is ripe for people who are abusers to take advantage of. Uh, There are a number, and of course, I don't know what the number is, but there are a number of instances where somebody was a serial child abuser, sexually or otherwise, they, you know, would get busted, they would move to another state, become a foster parent in that state, and then repeat the process because, well, that's their target audience is children, and so that's how they would go about doing this, so... Uh, but you had uh, something that you just found that we yeah. wanted to touch on because we're talking about the children lose first. We'll talk about how the children win in a bit. We have something on, on how the children win, but go ahead. Yeah, so this is from March 11th of this year. Victims of child sex trafficking went to a foster facility where they allegedly were trafficked again. Huh. So is it like it's not a big surprise to me that this is happening because, I don't know, it seems like... It's just kind of this cycle of creating victims. It seems like once people are put in that position, they just, for some reason, it just, they, it's hard to get out of that position. And the state for sure doesn't do anything to help them. So the article goes on to say, at least one staff member at a Texas foster care facility designed to help young girls who are victims of sex trafficking is accused of trafficking them all over again, according to state official in court documents. And um, I'm also not surprised that this is in Texas because of the things happening at the borders and those, I don't know what to call them, concentration camps of sorts where they're locking children in cages. And and they're still in there, by the way, in case you've forgotten. They're just disappearing, right? They're... They lost some thousands of children, and they're like, oh, we just don't know where they went. And then- um, Where did they go? I wonder. You know, there wasn't really a big media outrage about it. It's like, I heard about it, and then it seemed like just as quickly as you heard about it, everybody forgot. It's like, nobody actually cares. And that's an illustration of the lack of attention span that uh, the the masses have, uh, because 15 minutes go by, and they're like, oh, I forgot about that. Uh, The kids in cages also, uh, there were some centers that did get- publicity uh what they did is uh they didn't find all these kids homes or anything they moved those kids inside of a military facility so that the public journalists etc couldn't see them couldn't come in and and see them and uh the only reason i know that that happened is because one kid escaped (laughs) imagine that you're a kid Right, you're being kept in you know some sort of you know, prison for lack of a better term. Right, uh, the news finds out about it. And some media begins, to, and then you get moved to inside of a military facility, and then nobody can come and see you. And then yeah. so you're like, I gotta get out of here. I don't. What the hell happened? I right? mean, what do you have to lose at that point? So the kid figures out some way. You know, I don't. He you know leapt over the fence. Whatever he did, he got out somehow, and found somebody and told them about it. And that's how the news picked it up. And that's the only way we know so that disgusting. that happened. Yeah, it's really terrible. So the article goes on to say nine current and former employees uh, at the refugee ranch. A state-contracted rehabilitation facility in Bastrop County are accused of criminal activity amid allegations of neglect, physical, and sexual abuse, 
and exploitation of seven girls at the facility about 30 miles southeast of Austin. The girls were left at the facility for more than a month after the abuse was reported, officials said Thursday during an emergency court hearing. Wow. So they knew the abuse was happening and they left them there. It's just really, I mean, really terrible. And it's really terrible that most, and you know, there are instances of people lying for whatever reason, but it's, it's kind of gross that the default is just to not believe young girls when they say this is happening to them. Like, why is the default to not believe people? I think the default should be to believe somebody until you investigate. can find, yeah, yeah, investigate and fight, or at least remove them from the facility while you're doing an investigation, you know? So, and then... Uh, yeah, but I mean, this just goes to prove that the system isn't there to actually help anybody. It's there. Yeah, it's not. there to be reactive. It's like people think, uh, you know, the same thing that people say about cops, right? Oh, cops are there to protect. No, cops aren't there to protect you. They're never proactive. The state, when it comes to children, is never proactive unless, of course, somebody decides to call like child protection services on their neighbor to get back at them or something yeah. like that, right? Then you know they they might be proactive, but. By and large, they're reactive. Oh, something happened. Now we must react to this situation. And they never get in front of the ball. You know, and it's very interesting that you say that because I've seen that so many times where good parents, good loving families get their children taken away because of some squabble with their neighbor. Something like not these kids aren't even in a real abusive um, situation or the parents were defiant towards state rules or or something. Yeah. Um, But I've seen legitimate child abuse at the hospital I used to work at, actually. We would see in the emergency room kids that you could tell they were in a bad situation. Yeah. You know, like moms and their kids would come in all beat up from their dads and nobody ever called child protective services on that sort of thing. So those kids could go home to their abusive stepdad, but good loving families are getting their kids taken away um, for, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. And, And it's another illustration of how the state is a weapon that can be sicked upon people in the way you know people would stick a dog uh, on, on a person, that type of thing. Uh, it is a gun. It's the silent gun in every room. And people, whether you're voting for it or not voting for it or voting for the other guy, people can turn that gun and use it on anybody else. And that also, in my opinion, needs to stop. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is on the way. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com.
Free Talk Live. 603-283-6160. That is the telephone number here in the studio if you would like to join us live on air. In the studio, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me, it's Nikki. Uh, I want to tell you that Bitcoin.com is the best source for learning about cryptocurrency. You can go there now and click on Get Started at the top of the page. Once you do that, you'll find all sorts of valuable information neatly organized to suit your needs. There's no longer any excuse for ignoring this important world-changing information. If you're already a knowledgeable cryptocurrency user, you can visit news.bitcoin.com and get the latest headlines of all the news that's relevant to you. Bitcoin.com is your source for everything crypto, like getting a wallet, mining, trading, and all the latest cryptocurrency news, all on a very slick and easy-to-use website. Visit Bitcoin.com. All right, we've been talking about uh, this article from The Hill and then this other article from, where is it from, Nikki? Um, I think it's from the Washington Post. Washington Post. Yeah, Washington Post. R- regarding, well, child pornography is on the rise, apparently, 35%. And then uh, Nikki brought some illustrations of how, <laughs> well, the system fails children more often than not. Uh, and in fact, having been a part of the system, uh, I can tell you that uh, it is not favorable to children. Uh, but let's go to some of your calls and thoughts. We've got Rob calling from Vermont. Rob, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, what's on your mind? So, uh, you know, this kind of subject has been going on for decades. I mean, long before you and I were ever thought of. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad, Nikki, that you're here because this is really, really important. Not only just for uh, for women to hear this, but for everyone to hear this because this is a money-making thing. Whenever they pull a child out of a family, that's when the abuse starts. Yep. They destroy the, 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 the mother and the father. They turn the mother and the father against one another. The Department of Child Welfare, mm-hmm. the family court system. And then before you know it, dad's on his way to prison for something he didn't do, which is, you know, it, it's like a normal thing. And the people that do this are our own public officials, and they hide behind unions like school unions and police unions and and these other unions that back them up. Yeah, you you have a good point. You have a good point because the like first of all, uh, the system will attract these types of of uh, I can't say the word I'm thinking of uh, these types of people. Uh, and then also the system does a very good job of sort of shielding these people from any sort of prosecution or, you know, just good old-fashioned retribution as well. Well, I mean, take a look at this. Now, this is just in New Hampshire itself. Right? As a matter of fact, right out of your own, right out of the town of Keene. You've got a, a retired detective that works at the county prosecuting office that, in, that helps the prosecuting attorney's office investigate crimes and prosecute crimes. Mm-hmm. And this same officer is on the Allory list for falsifying documents and other cases. <laughs> Makes no sense. That's ridiculous. I'm not you know, surprised. 
And it, it's not only that, but, you know, you've got a lieutenant over in Winchester, New Hampshire, was on the Lowry list. Yep. You got there's a chief of police over in Troy, New Hampshire, again on the Lowry list. For, over in Claremont, for those of our for those of our listeners that don't know what a Lowry list is, uh, it's named after somebody. There was a case brought up. Uh, what happens is uh, when police officers uh, are caught doing the unthinkable, uh, they get put on this list. They're given some opportunity to defend themselves, to remove themselves from this list, that type of a thing. But essentially it means that these are people who have done bad things. They've otherwise abused their authority in some way, shape, or form, uh, but yet remain employed. Anyway. That's because these people are making money off of us. They hide behind their unions. And, you know, people don't know what to do, you know, because they're afraid of, oh, geez, this might happen to me. They might take my kids and then throw me in jail and mm-hmm. throw me to the lions. Because you cannot defend yourself if you've been accused of this kind of thing. It's like fight, fighting a ghost. Yeah, and it's crazy the double standard that there is because politicians and bureaucrats and police officers and all of these state workers, they can essentially get away with murder and worse things. But if like the average Joe was to do something, even if they didn't do it, even if they were just accused of something, they get just massacred in the media, they get thrown in jail, they get all of their rights stripped from them, even if they didn't do it. So it's, it's just... Wild the double double standard. Yeah, their their reputation is immediately tarnished within yeah. their immediate community. Yeah, even if they Re- were proven innocent. Yeah, regardless of guilt or innocence, and it it is a double edged sword. You know, we talk about the children not being believed, but then we also talk about people who sick the state on other people as a form of either revenge or a form of aggression, because they simply can. Any further thoughts, Rob? Um, yeah, I just wanted a couple of share a couple other things along the same concept here, just so I can get people to understand how how bad this really is. The state of New Hampshire, okay, had well over three hundred people continuously keep filing lawsuits against the state. These were people that were living at the youth detention center, hmm. and we're talking going back to nineteen sixty one. This before I was born. Yep, where they were molesting kids. They were breaking bones. They were betting on kids. Now, that finally, the state is coming forward, and they're willing to negotiate. <laughs> you know, give money to uh, uh, you know these people that have been harmed, but only you know if they go through the gauntlet in terms of they'll go through their case and, oh, yeah, and they, see if they, they're worthy of getting any. Yeah, they have to do the monkey dance in order to get any right. money and then re-expose themselves, you know, to yeah. you know any sort of media, you know, and that kind of a thing and, and revisit the trauma of the past just to get compensated for something that happened under the watch of this type of an organization. If you want to really see what can happen to a man, Nikki, you go ahead and talk with Ian. And ask him about my story. It's already made it in the paper. I don't know why it's not being talked about, but if you don't think that this can't happen to you, you're sadly mistaken. Hey, thanks for the call tonight, Rob. We appreciate it. 603-283-6160 if you would like to comment or 
have thoughts on any of this tonight. Um, I know uh, I, I have a, a good idea uh, of the, uh, you know, we'll call it the short version of Rob's story. And uh, it's it's not one that uh, is very nice. Mm. <laughs> you know, uh, all I keep thinking about is this is why we this is why we need the New Hampshire independence movement, right? To get yes. as far away from this parasite that is the state as possible. Yeah. You know, and it's it's not, I mean, we were just saying some bad things, or Rob rather was saying, you know, just pointing out the bad things about, you know, the state of New Hampshire, like some of the things that are going down, but that stuff happens everywhere. And it really is just a result of the state and of government. Yeah, it all Power it is. Power attracts bad people. It, it does. And people think, uh, I hear this all the time from people, they go, well, power abhors a vacuum. It's like power has never picked up a vacuum in their life. You know, they they get other people to vacuum for them. <laughs> but no, <laughs> they, they they think that uh, if if the government goes away, that something else will just replace it, and that doesn't have to be the case if we don't want it to be. Or it could be something better. Yeah. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. What would be better than government? Your thoughts and calls are welcome. This is Free Talk Live. More is on the way. Yes, thanks for tuning in and listening. It is Free Talk Live. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. And Nikki. The telephone number here is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. Um, did you have more to say? Should we move on to the children win? Let's move on to the good news. All right, let's before we I do can that, only do so much bad news. Yeah, before we do that, <laughs> uh, let's first go to Robert in South Carolina. Robert, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, yes. Uh, I just wanted to also say that in Mariupol, if they don't surrender in two hours, I don't know what they're going to do, but I know that some of the Soviet leadership today and even in the past love to take pleasure in finding interesting ways to kill people. Joseph Stalin, for example, uh, one of the people who was in his, his innermost circle, whose mother was, she told me that what he liked to do sometimes is feed people the food that they liked the best until they died of it. Because he, she said he cannot survive on one food, regardless your favorite food. He'd ask, what's your favorite food? Death by beer. And then he, sorry, go ahead. Death by sorry. beer. Okay, like, well, then, then you would get beer for the rest of your life until you died of it. That's what he was, That's one of the I, things he loved to do. I could think of worse things. Hey, um, so thing, so I, I, I'm just curious, Robert, because this sounds like something out of like a Bruckheimer film. Right, there's a countdown and there's a big ticking clock. Right, there's a word for that in the film industry. I don't remember what it is, but you know, it's a it's a device, is what it what it is. Um, so, what is this countdown to two hours you're talking about? Yeah, Mariupol is it has to either surrender in in two hours or else. I don't know what, what happens. Or, when when was this uh, ultimatum issued? 
It was issued several hours ago, as far as I know. Don't quote me on that, but I, but, but I, I know that it expired in two hours, and I think it was issued several hours ago, and I don't know exactly when. All right, and who must they surrender to? Um, I think it's the general in charge there. I'm not sure about that either, but I think General in charge of what? Like In charge of that, that area. Are we talking about uh, Russia and the Ukraine here? Just for our yes. listeners that that don't, you know, it's along the Black Sea. Mariupol is. It was it's the one that was pounded by the by the big guns, and where I think it's where the where the theater was, where it was written "Dieti" on the sidewalk, which means children in Russian. In other words, there were children in the theater that was that was bombed. That I think it I think it was from the guns of the ships. I'm not really sure, but I think that's what it was. Do you think it's horrible that uh, children, you know, are, are victims in this type of uh, interaction? Well, yeah, they, they, there's a purpose. They, they do that. Everything is very well thought out. What they do is they do that because they they want to to, to terrify them to, to get them to surrender. That's the whole idea behind it. And the other thing is that, that um, Vladimir Putin is a protege in a kind of a way. I mean, he's, his his hero was Joseph Stalin. And when Joseph Stalin wanted a divorce, he shot his wife in the head at close range with a pistol, and because it says in the marriage contract, till death do we part. So, okay, well now I'm now that's the end of our marriage. She's she's dead. So that, that, it's that, a that heck of a divorce. Part. Yeah, exactly. What about when the U.S. bombs children? How do you feel about that? You know, nothing that that that's never, never, never a good idea. But you know something? When we do that, it's it's never by the will of the people of the United States. How many of us ever voted to have children murdered in cold blood? Well, that's exactly actually that's did, exactly right? what happens when you vote. That's exactly what you what you agree to when you cast your vote for one of these sick tyrants. Because in my lifetime, and I don't I don't think you're much older than me if you are at all, uh, but in my lifetime, there has never been a president that did not engage in any warfare. Never. You're right. But the fact of the matter is we do the best we can to make sure those kinds of things don't happen. Yeah. And what evidence is more there More so that? than other countries, though? I just don't think I believe well, that. Well, other countries do, too. But in the Soviet Union, you couldn't do too much. Once Joseph Stalin had to find the first and last word on everything, you couldn't say boo, because they, 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 they'd have you shot in the back if you objected. Same thing with Vladimir Putin. You, you object to him, you get Vladimir, you get polonium-210 in your soup or your tea, your choice. Yeah, do you remember uh, the time uh, Obama threatened drone uh, strikes, predator drone strikes against his daughter's boyfriend? I, I know he did that overseas, no question about it. Yeah, no, he was at a at a dinner. Really? And, yeah, he was at a dinner, and uh, somebody had made mention of, you know, his daughter's dating now, she's of the dating age, and, and he says, well, I got two words for any of her suitors, predator drone. And everybody, of course, laughed because it was a big joke at the dinner. But, yeah, like, I don't think that's this is the type of psychopath that occupies, and I don't care if it's the United States, if it's Russia, if it's Timbuktu, these are the types of psychopaths that occupy these offices. Thanks for the call, Robert. We appreciate it. Did you have something to add? You looked like you were holding back. No? No. Okay. All right. I uh, Yeah. So It's just the same stuff. It doesn't matter what country you're in. Yeah. There's, you know, just because the United States rotates its dictators every four to eight years or matter. whatever it is, doesn't make it any less oppressive. We do. We the United States of America does mm, allow a to a certain extent more things than some other countries do. Like, for example, uh, we have yet to be canceled on this particular radio show, although it wasn't without some effort because a little more than a year ago, uh, they almost succeeded in canceling the show. 
So, uh, you know, yeah. that was uh, with the Crypto 6 events where they raided this studio and arrested and kidnapped uh, my friends and coworkers. So it happens. They did attempt to do so, uh, but we did not allow it to continue. Uh, will there continue to be people to step up in those roles when they try again? Eh, who knows? We'll see. But yes, these psychopaths, and that's all they are, all, all these politicians are psychopaths. They're all liars, every one of them. Name name me a politician that made a campaign promise uh, and then, or kept all of them, <laughs> kept any of them, <laughs> you know. I can show you reels of presidential election candidates who made a bazillion campaign promises where none of them were kept. And in fact, they did the opposite of what they promised to do and during their campaign because you can't hold these people accountable for anything. And it's interesting because earlier in the show, you mentioned the short attention span that people have, especially in this like new age of like the media and like, ooh, look, a squirrel. And um, it's interesting because if you go back in footage of politicians just completely contradicting themselves, people will totally rationalize it. And they're like, oh, that didn't happen. Or, oh, well, he didn't mean that. Like they, they totally try their best to rationalize it because it's hard for them to believe that their favorite politician would lie to them. Yeah, people uh, suspend their belief when it comes to politicians as if they're some sort of a deity. You know, they get treated like they're they're Hollywood or they're rock stars, and they're not. They're psychopaths, sociopaths. I don't know, you you know. Regardless of their medical designation, it's because they are working within a system whose only tool is coercion. The only tool that the system has is force. It says, you do this or else. I think it's important to also point out that normal good people don't want to rule over others and force other people to do things. Yeah. And they, and a lot of politicians will pretend like, oh, well, I'm just representing the people. And, you know, I do believe, like, especially in New Hampshire, we do have a lot of state reps that I do believe have legitimate good intentions and are trying their best to make this state a better place to live. Uh, But I'm going to, I think the vast majority of people that go into politics have ill intentions or they're just lying to themselves. Yeah. Or they get corrupted once they're in there. There's plenty of people who go in, who go in with noble intentions. There's probably people who are in right now that are still struggling. They're like, well, I I was trying to do this when I got in, but because of this, because of that, and because of this guy and that guy and all these things that went on, I'm not able to accomplish the blah, blah, blah. Right. And they get, they get suckered into it and it's impossible for you to behave in a, a moral and ethical way being a politician, being a, quote, representative, unquote, of other people. It's impossible for anybody to represent me. Yeah. You're, you are the only person that represents yourself, and I, I'm the only re- person that represents me. And I, you know, I might, you might do something and I might go, I would never do that. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't. Yeah. Right. I would never dream of telling you how to live your life because you're a sentient being uh, making your own choices. You know yourself way better than I do. So you are the most correct person to make decisions for yourself and how to go about living your life. And if we all would just realize that, I think the world would be a much better place. Absolutely. But no, can't have that because the majority of people keep putting a check mark next to a box for a dictator every four, eight years, whatever whatever it is. So what would the solution be? 
the solution would be to eliminate the chair completely. How do we do that? Uh, really simple. Four words. I will not comply. I will not comply. Mass noncompliance is the way out. 603-283-6160. When will you stop complying? So you've signed the Shire Society Declaration and are planning your move to New Hampshire to be around more liberty-oriented people. Next, sign up for the Shire Society Forum at forum.shiresociety.com. There are a bunch of people there who are already in the Shire, and they want to meet you. If you're already in the Shire physically, you should also come by the forums. Remember, not everyone uses Facebook. New people are signing up for the Shire Society Forum every month, so drop in and say hello at forum.shiresociety.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Thank you for tuning in and listening. We'll get to your calls and thoughts momentarily. The telephone number here in the studio, if you would like to join us, is 603-283-6160. Tonight, I am your host, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me, Nitz Nikki. Nitz Nikki. Yeah, I'm. For some reason, the intros are like really throwing that... me off. It's it's the being two people. It's the yeah. so I'm like, am I am I person number one or am I person number two? Like co-host number one, co-host number two. It's just should we start over? I'll be two people in the studio tonight. It's the Reverend and Captain Kickass. And Nikki, see that's, that's it has a better flow, you better know. Better cadence. Yeah, yeah, that was better. I feel I feel better now. Now we can start the segment. Okay. All right, very well. Nikki said it's okay. <laughs> we will start the segment. Uh, while Nikki has said it's okay for us to start the segment, I would like to begin the segment by telling you that if you would like to uh, buy Nikki a birthday present, Ooh. you can do so over at uh, tip.lrn.fm. Uh, you can send a tip over there. And uh, any tips will be used uh, for her, uh, her birthday present, her birthday. I don't know if you want to tell them when it is. It's right now, baby. Okay. Well, ha- happy birthday, Nikki. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, tip.lrn.fm, I believe, is the right place. It's also the Equinox. I thought that was the other day. Nope, that's today, March 20th. Happy spring, everybody. So isn't the Equinox the full moon? No. No, the Equinox is the first day of spring. Oh, it's the right. It's okay. You're right. Right. The uh, I'm think in my mind. I was think of the autumnal equinox yeah. when I hear the word equinox, or I think of the Chevy. <laughs> Chevy. Equinox. Yeah, Chevy equinox. <laughs> Weird car related <sighs> story uh, in the '80s. Chevy made this car called the Chevy Citation. Yeah. I don't want that car. Well, I didn't either, but it was the only <laughs> car I could afford, so yeah. I bought it. Not, and I didn't even buy it new. It was a used one. It was years later. It was in the '90s when I when I got it, uh, but. Fun fact, I never got a ticket of any sort. No citations in the citation. I think just having a car named that was yeah. sort of the magic sauce, if you will. Oh. You know, I, and I'm a pretty good driver otherwise. I'm not you know, super reckless or anything like that. Uh, I am a good driver. I've taken some defensive driving courses, and uh, my older brother's best friend went on to like be a NASCAR driver, and he you know, sort of showed us 
how to do all sorts of fun like stunt driving and stuff like that. So, but yeah, never got a never got a ticket in the citation. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, it is tip.lrn.fm if you would like to leave a tip and wish Nikki a happy birthday. Uh, let's just go to your calls and thoughts. Let's go to Sarah in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, I just wanted to say that um, 24 years ago when I was um, going to the Communist Party meetings, I used to have Communist men friends. Of course, they were men. But they were so frustrated with lobbying and getting um, candidates elected um, that he was ready to go join the war in South America where they they actually had capitalist communist war down there. I, I, I don't know exactly what country, maybe Venezuela, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's conflicts over there, but what we were doing is our party was trying to elect the Democrats into power. That was our whole thing, and I did that for 22 years, but it's awful, very frustrating. So, oh, I, Of course sure. it is. Of course it is. When, when you're trying to force your preferences on other people, uh, you know, getting the correct people in power to do so is very, very frustrating, regardless of your political affiliation. I do have a question, Sarah, about communist parties. Uh, when, right. when you go to a, a party that's filled with communists, does everybody have to drink the same beverage? Well, you know, it just depends on which communist party they are. It's amazing that all the communist parties are different, and then whatever food or whatever they choose to bring or um, whatever they have, it, and they're not really concerned about the food. In fact, you know, different, like, workers' world, they believed in running their own candidate. But the CPUSA, they were voting in, they believed in voting in um Oh, Bi- like Biden or, or Obama, that was a strategy. Hmm. So, yeah, there was complete, and they would ridicule each other for uh, being nonsense. They'd be like, "Why do you, why do you support a Democrat when they're they're still a capitalist? They're not doing nothing." I, I got and news. The other party, I got news. Yeah. Uh, both the, any political party is a, a lunatic. Really, anybody who supports a political party is is basically a lunatic. Forcing your preference on other people is never right, even if you outsource it to somebody like uh, a president or a mayor or a governor or anything like that. Hey, thanks for the call, Sarah. Uh, she didn't apparently get my joke. No. It's too bad. But surprise, it's not yeah. cool to force your will on other people. Yeah. I, I not nice. I don't care who you are. You know? And that's really all you do. A vote for government is just... 51% of the people getting their way and forcing the other 49% or whatever the percentages are. Yeah, it's usually pretty close, though. It's usually like about half of the country that is still upset with the person that is in office. So that just doesn't seem it like a good system to me. It completely ignores individual choice when it comes to leadership, yeah. right? First of all, not everybody needs or wants a leader, oh. at least a political leader. Oh, anyway. No way. Uh I know, right? Like, oh, wait, freedom of Self, choice? In, self-responsibility? Freedom of choice in, yeah. in leadership? Wow. Now, uh, as, a, as a guy who's the captain of himself, and that's what I hope listeners aspire to be, is captains of themselves and, you know, be leaders Ahoy. of yourselves, you know, that type of a thing. That's what it's about. But, like, as a guy who is captain of himself, sometimes I do need leadership. And 
if uh, I want to, I can go find an authority. And no, I don't mean the state. I mean, I can go find like an expert. Or like a mentor. Or a mentor, right? If I need to learn a new skill and I don't have that skill, you know, I can go online, of course, or I can go find somebody who has that skill and make some sort of arrangement. Maybe I work or do some labor, or trade a skill, you know, whatever it is. I can go find somebody that has expertise, is an authority in that field, quote unquote, and then go and learn that thing and or, you know, have them sort of lead me. Right. Until I get to a point where I'm comfortable with that and then I can go and then I don't need a leader anymore. Right. And this is what people forget. You don't need all these supposed leaders. What are they leading you towards anyway? Where is everybody going that we need all these freaking leaders for? Right. Uh, Do you not know how to lead yourself? What is wrong with you? Anyway, it's my diatribe on leaders. Let's move right along to Stephen in Georgia. Hey, hey, Stephen, you're on the you're on the radio. Hey, how are you, sir? I'm I'm good. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, so first of all, Nikki, happy birthday! Thank you. Uh, I have a great birthday present for you. This is Stephen. Um, I'm the guy that spent like six months in jail because I made a cop afraid. Essentially, oh, I'm sorry um, to hear that. But nice yeah. work making a cop afraid. Well, that was, like, so great news, and this is your birthday present because I have money for you. Um, I got a TPO on him because he, I told, I was able to convince the courts that I was afraid that he was going to kidnap me and put me in a box um, and that I was having nightmares about it, which means that the cop that's under investigation by the Georgia Bureau of Investigation can no longer carry a firearm for the next six months. You because know, oh, document. my gosh. I'm so glad you bring this up, Stephen, because, like, there's all these people out in the world who who support, uh, you know, they don't want people to carry guns, right? And a lot of them are in government, right? Specifically, a lot of government people don't want folks to carry guns. And so I say, prove it. Prove that it's, that it's successful. Prove that it's not necessary. And prove it by just no longer will police be armed. What do you think of that? Um, well, I didn't, I didn't do this for that reason. I did this because I think it's absurd that the government decides so many different factions of my life. Um, yeah. and he's been, he's been protected for so long and he's made so many hazardous decisions for other people that I wanted to show him what it's like. Um, not only that, but if you're going to, if you're going to lie and do all these evil things, you don't need a gun. Hey, thanks for the call, Stephen. 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. We'll talk about the positive, how the children win. Coming up. Welcome back, and thank you for tuning in to tonight's edition of Free Talk Live. The telephone number here in the studio, 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. For years, uh, Free Talk Live's video archives have been on library. 
Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of that here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off now with over one million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so now we're streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the library desktop app over at lbry.com. And then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. Again, visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. All right. We know that the children lose, particularly when it comes to <laughs> the government or state-sponsored program supposedly caring for them. Hide your kids, hide your wife. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and... You know, people sicken the state on people for wrong reasons or, you know, vengeance or some sort of, you know, neighborly squat squabble that they're having or whatever. It's all it's all just crap. But we do have a little bit of good news. And this I is I love good news. Well, I mean everybody loves good news. Yeah, it seems like the majority likes bad news. Sadly, but if it bleeds, it leads, and so good news often gets often. Good vibes only. Do you pronounce the T and often? Do you say often? Uh, yeah, I think I I think I do often. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do it frequently? Yeah. (laughs) You totally got me with that one too. Sometimes, sometimes people confuse often, (laughs) often, especially up here in the in the Northeast, often. Like a little boy has lost his parents. Oh yeah, I grew up in Often. Right? You know that that you no, know I Boston know. where you park your car around the corner. Oh yeah, guy grew up in Often, right? Or so he grew up a frequently. It was orphan often often. Right? Anyway, I've carried that joke far too far. This is from where's this from? I can decide dot org. Uh, I can. I had to look up what it was. It's not the internet. Uh, provider. It's I-C-A-N and I've already forgotten. Informed Consent Action Network. Thank you. In a huge win for parents in D.C. and beyond, a federal court for the District of Columbia just granted a preliminary injunction in a case funded by ICANN and another case that challenged D.C.'s law allowing doctors to vaccinate children 11 years of age and older without parental knowledge or consent. Nuts. Oh, first of all, doing anything to a child 11 years of age or older or whatever age, I don't care how young they are, uh, without parental knowledge or consent, there shouldn't have to be a freaking law written about it. There shouldn't have to be a case. There shouldn't have to be lawyers involved. There shouldn't have to be people fighting for this kind of thing. It should just be known as wrong and everybody should go, okay. It's my opinion. The court explained that children will be unable to decide to get vaccinations without their parents' consent. Yay! Duh! Yay! I mean, that's a big decision. It's not like, oh, they're deciding whether they can, you know, 
color with markers or crayons. Like it's not like this is a it's not like they're deciding what underwear they're going to wear or what they're going to eat for lunch. I know a lot of people that have vaccine injured children and it is not a joke. So this is a big deal. And it's it's wild to me that the media and doctors and the pharmaceutical companies Try to make it seem like vaccines are like God's gift to earth. And, you know, this is like the best thing ever. And it's going to save all of the children. And this is what got rid of polio and in whooping cough and all of this other stuff. When the truth is vaccines have some terrible stuff in them. And there have been several instances of children dying, having seizures, having cognitive difficulties right after receiving especially like 18 month vaccinations yeah i know so many people who like that dose of vaccinations the 18 month and that's very young too like babies after that like their kids will go from like you know behaving normally like normal development next thing you know they are not talking anymore they're not walking like just completely digressing so it's it's a big deal, and to let eleven year olds make a decision like that is is insane to me. Well, not only like I mean, apparently the eleven year olds didn't even have to make the decision; the state was making the decision for them, so they weren't even asking, right? So it's even worse. <laughs> yeah, anytime you don't even get the consent of the individual uh, involved in any of this thing in any way, shape, or form, I mean, that's the rules of consent. Consent yeah. means you ask and like, you get permission. And if they say no, you don't do the thing. And like, would this not be considered assault? You're injecting people essentially against their will? I mean, in any other context, it's it's okay when the state does it, though. Yeah. According to everybody else, anyway. I mean, outside of folks who are of the freedom mind. Right. According to uh, people who support Democrats, people who support Republicans, apparently it's just fine. It's just fine when the government does it. But when you do it or I do it or any individual outside of those organizations do it, then it's assault. Yeah, we would be thrown in jail. Rightfully so, I think. If I went to you know some playground where your children are and I had a needle full of a vaccine, and I decided, eh, you know what, I'm just going to grab this 11-year-old kid, and I'm going to stick this needle in his arm and give him the vaccine. What would happen to me? Well, you don't have the magical paperwork calling you a doctor. Even if I did. That, yeah, that was, I mean. Still assault. Yeah. And probably a few other things that I can't think of at this moment. It's probably, you know, several things, but the the number one thing is a violation of consent. Seriously, people, like consent is sort of the crux of civilized society. And if you don't think that it is, well, then I guess society isn't civilized because consent is where it all comes down to. Right. Uh, in, before governments, before religions, right, all that kind of thing. Uh, you know, consent was how you knew the difference between right and wrong. If somebody said, hey, I want to do this, and the other person said, okay, then you had their consent. If somebody said, hey, I want to do this, and the other person said, no, I don't want you to do that, then you don't have their consent. If you did it anyway, you're in the wrong. You violated consent. And there should be no question about this stuff. It's a simple principle. Yeah, it's sad that this needs to be spelled out for people.
603-283-6160. We'll tell you more about this win for children coming up here on Free Talk Live. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. We're a live radio call-in talk program, nationally syndicated and on the internet, as well as some satellite stations, where you can call in and take control of the airwaves. Talk about whatever's on your mind. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me. It's Nikki. So we've been talking about this article from ICanDecide.org, and it's it's a win for children, really. Um, what has happened is there has been a preliminary injunction uh, granted in a case funded by ICANN and another case not funded by them, apparently, that challenged D.C.'s law allowing doctors to vaccinate children 11 years of age or older without parental knowledge or consent. Wait, so was that already a law or were they trying to put it through? Sounds like it's a law. It says challenged D.C.'s law allowing doctors to vaccinate children. I didn't catch that. It was already a thing. That's sad. That's gross. That's bad. Well, and in D.C., right? District of Criminals. Yeah, I mean, I'm not super surprised, but it's still disturbing at the very least. The fact that there is a law that violates consent should be disturbing to every listener. Uh, You should go and immediately tell everybody you know that there are laws violating consent uh, as soon as possible. I feel like most laws violate consent. Oh, 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 you've made the jump, have you? (laughs) <laughs> i feel like they all do and in fact i think yeah. the evidence supports that yeah like maybe we could come up with a few examples of the like things like hey don't murder other people like well, there's things you that- know there's like but those are more like natural laws like things that like are implied like hey you know don't do bad things to other people right. don't violate consent you know there are things that you mentioned natural law. There are, I'm going to call them uh, cultural agreements, like even before governments and religions, uh, cultures across the planet generally agree that like killing another guy in cold blood is bad, you know, uh, hurting children, bad, right? You know, simple things. Dr. Seuss is really good at pointing these particular items out. Uh, and so if you've forgotten any of these things, Feel free to go check out the good doctor's books. But I, and and I've had this conversation recently, the entire system violates consent. Yeah. I did not consent. Nobody Boom. did. No one did. Uh, it could be construed that like a couple of ancient guys years and years and years and years, hundreds of years ago, who signed a document, uh, you know, perhaps that might be considered consent, but 
if it were, it would only apply to those individuals who signed the Yeah, thing. I didn't sign anything. Because that's how contracts work. You you must sign. You must explicit yeah. consent. Uh, we had some discussion a couple of weeks ago about uh, assumed consent, right? Like... Uh, yeah, implied you're, consent. You're implied yeah. consent. Yes, thank you. Uh, if you're, you know, I don't know, choking on your dinner, uh, somebody could come and give you the Heimlich maneuver, and then legally, you know, you're they're they're not on the hook for anything because they they saved your ass, right? And, yeah. Uh, I uh, that to me that's an individual thing, right? You you assume, right? It's not something that could be legalized. You assume that another individual wants to live, that the other individual didn't want to choke on his dinner. Yeah, you know, whatever it is, and it, it kind of goes back to like those social, cultural type of norms right. Right. where you know you see someone choking or like they have a heart attack. It's like, well, I know CPR, so like, yeah, I'm gonna save them. Right. It, you know, but a cultural norm is far different from legislation. Yeah, right. There's no organization on planet Earth that should be writing things that assume anybody's consent, implied or otherwise, because. I mean, that's a violation of consent. You don't just assume consent, right? Uh, that is also known as violation, right? If, uh, oh, I don't know, if if somebody assumes that uh, somebody consents to, oh, I don't know, some touchy-feely stuff, right, uh, uh, they're probably wrong. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's also You're going to get slapped and perhaps sued or, yeah. you know, somebody's uh, boyfriend or girlfriend is going to have some words with you. And I think it's also important to note that coercion is not consent. No, it is not. It is important to note that. So if if somebody needs to be bribed or threatened to consent, that's not real consent. Definitely not consent. Yeah, it's like, uh, oh, I don't know. Uh, it's been in all of the movies, of course, like, uh, you know, uh, the Vietnam veteran who was, you know, held captive and then, you know, tortured until he signed this confession. Right. That yeah. kind of a thing. Uh, that's not consent either, nor is that a valid confession. Right? That's You know what that reminds me of? What the police do to people. They threaten them yeah. and blackmail them until they, uh, you know, confess to things that they didn't do. Huh. huh. That's Weird. interesting. Almost like they're war criminals or something, or just regular criminals. Weird. At any rate, uh, we're talking about this article from I Can Decide. It goes on to say, the court explained that children will be unable to decide to get vaccinations without their parents' consent. This is a huge win for the rights of parents to raise their children without the government and pharma taking over their parental rights, which shouldn't happen in the first place. But anyway, some highlights from the court's decision are as follows. Two crucial exchanges of information at the heart of the NCVIA. The first is the exchange of information from parent to doctor. Healthcare providers recommend against vaccinations if individuals reacted poorly to past immunizations. A VIZ, or Vaccine Information Statement, describes the risks of certain vaccines and explains when they are contraindicated. By removing the parent from the vaccine decision, the MCA, or the D.C. law allowing children to be vaccinated without parents knowing, undercuts a key purpose of the viz and a safety check before the vaccination. So they cut out the middleman completely and just went straight to the violation. Ridiculous. I also want to note that the NCVIA is the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act. Thank you. 
Also, uh, the MCA, which is the law apparently that uh, allows consent to be violated, encourages children to deceive their parents. Once a child has gone behind his or her parents' backs to get a vaccine, what is she supposed to do if she has a negative reaction? Some children might tell their parents. Others very well might be afraid and try and hide their actions, you know, because they disobeyed their parents. Besides the obvious medical risk such a situation entails, this throws a wrench in the NCVIA's goal of fast, informal adjudication of vaccine injuries. Whatever that means. Also, enjoining the MCA will not prevent children from being vaccinated. The only impact will be that children will be unable to decide to get vaccinations without their parents' consent. This is so ridiculous. I can't believe I'm even reading this, to tell you the truth, that that there has been legislation that violates consent at all, period, much less children, 11 years old. It's just, it's so young. Like, I get if we're letting 16-year-olds make decisions like this. Yeah. You know, if if they have legitimate consent. But but the real issue is when it comes to things like vaccines and pharmaceuticals and medical treatments, there's supposed to be something called informed consent. Yes. So that is when the doctor or the nurse administering these medications or vaccinations are supposed to tell you everything. Right. All of the possible side effects and contraindications. And that does not happen at all when it comes to especially vaccines. It just doesn't happen. There's no informed consent. States and the district are free to encourage individuals, including children, to get vaccines, but they cannot transgress on the program Congress created, and they cannot trample on the Constitution, is a quote of the highlight. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is coming up. Am I just saying banana? Just weirdly. I like that. Yes, it is Free Talk Live, in case you're wondering what the heck you're listening to. Who are these people? Oh my gosh. Who are these? You're like a crazy person. Well, Bingo. I mean, have I done crazy things? Yes. Am I crazy? No. We've been talking about this article from ICANDecide.org where apparently a temporary injunction has been granted to halt a law in Washington, D.C., the District of Criminals, whereby um, apparently people can just give shots to children as young as 11 years old. Without their parents' consent. I tried to look into this a little bit more, and I didn't really, I wasn't able to find much about it on the break, but I, I want to know how long has this been a law? Like, is this something new? Is Has it just been brought up as an issue because of, like, the COVID stuff? Maybe that struck people to be more against it or something? I don't know. It's Yeah, I, I don't know. And the fact that there is a law like this anywhere is disturbing. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't even know. I had no clue this was a thing until I found this article. 
I'm glad you did. It's important for us to cover. Uh, The last paragraph here from the article says, It is through your support that ICANN is able to fund these critical lawsuits, defending parents' rights, and upholding constitutional and statutory rights. Thank you for that ongoing support, and we assure you that this is not the last case or the last victory that we will bring to you and everyone hoping to live in a country that believes parents, not the government, not the pharma companies, should raise their children. Right on. So, yeah. Uh, I, I, my flabber is officially gasted. I'm, uh, I wouldn't say speechless, but another example. I mean, the organization commonly referred to as government is archaic. It's barbaric. It is the greatest violator of human rights, period. By orders of magnitude, the world over, if you look at the number of human deaths caused by government, and you can find this all, by the way, uh, at hawaii.edu. There's a whole bunch of data over there. If you're like a data nerd and you want to sort through the data and figure out the percentages and where did what and who did who, uh, you can find all that. Uh, you can search the term democide, D-E-M-O-C-I-D-E, democide. That term just means death by government. And uh, all the data exists. And it is frightening. It's so frightening that everybody forgets about it. And so I like to remember. I like to remind folks that it's out there. Somebody did the research. And orders of magnitude. Like, there's nothing even close. The number one cause of human suffering, death, destruction, uh, all that kind of stuff uh, in all of history, the entire planet, is government. You know, I always think, so previous to governments, you know, doing this mass genocide of people everywhere, it was religion that was doing that. So government looked at religion and was like, wow, they're really good at pinning people against each other and murdering people. I want to be like that. And then they went, hold my beer. Yeah. It's sad. Because they're far superior at it than any religion ever thought of being. Not that religions did, you know. I mean, the state kind of is a religion. Oh, it in definitely several ways. is you know, a religion. People for sure worship the government. It definitely is a religion because the state is just a system of beliefs. You believe, not you, Nikki, but people, you believe that the government is there to help, to protect, to do the right thing, to prevent uh, invaders uh, and all this kind of thing, when in reality it's not. Uh, What it effectively does is it takes a whole bunch of your wealth, your money, your life's effort, if you will. You expend effort. You don't get to keep the returns on that effort. You have to give a bunch of it away, roughly half in the United States, more so in other places. Roughly half of your life's effort gets taken from you. They extract it from you in many different ways, not just taxation. You're going, well, taxation isn't 50%. No, it but inflation, right? And if you... Uh, Add up all the other things like sales tax and uh, state tax in the states. Time, that have time. How much time right. is wasted just by the existence of the state? Yeah. So you add all those things together, and it's it's probably more than half of of your life's effort is taken by this organization. So yeah, go look up democide. It's there. All right. So 
I want to talk a little bit about uh, this other bit that you brought in, Nikki. Uh, this is from Blaze, theblaze.com. New Hampshire legislature as a shining star for medical freedom, since we're on the topic Yay, of, more good news. of, of that. Uh, now, full disclosure, this show that you're listening to is based in New Hampshire. I did not, we did not bring this in specifically because it's New Hampshire. We tend to actually not talk about New Hampshire related things unless it applies in, in a greater context. And I believe this fits that bill. Uh, So two years into the travesty of COVID fascism, vaccine injury, and denial of appropriate treatment, what have the GOP-controlled legislative bodies done to protect our freedoms? Sadly, in most states they have done very little. But just as the Florida governor stands out as the only state executive willing to fully combat medical tyranny, the New Hampshire legislature appears to be the only body willing to fight for medical freedom without the support of of the governor live free or die appears to be more than just an empty slogan in the granite state at least according Mm, to it's almost like the migration of freedom loving freedom loving people to new hampshire is working Hmm. that remains to be seen but you know uh, signs certainly point in that direction seems like it's working to me with people still dying of covid without effective treatment The New Hampshire House became the first legislative body to pass a bill, essentially allowing citizens to access ivermectin over-the-counter at a pharmacy. On Wednesday, by a vote of 183 to 159, the House approved HB 1022 legislation allowing pharmacists to make ivermectin available via standing order from a physician or nurse practitioner that allows a pharmacist to dispense a medication without an individual prescription. Most Republican states have failed to even pass a bill ensuring doctors don't get punished for prescribing this safe FDA-approved drug. Yet New Hampshire Republicans managed to pass a bill enabling patients to ask for it over the counter. Seems a little more free to me. Absolutely. All but two Republicans voted for HB 1022, and all but two Democrats opposed it. Okay. New Hampshire Republicans accomplished this with a simple majority, while most supermajority Republican states can't seem to pass a medical freedom bill worthy of support. So it's almost like it's not like a Republican thing. It's just funny how say, they're like Republicans versus Democrats. So dumb. It is. And it's part of what I hate about media in general, always putting people into one of two categories. You know, I know we have a bunch of. Free staters, uh, liberty-loving, you know, sort of anar- anarcho-capitalist, anarchist, or libertarian reps. I don't know what the ratio is, but we've got way more than any other state. So when they act like this is all the, the Republicans, uh, you know, it probably isn't. Yeah, Republicans, air quotations. Yeah, it was, <laughs> what it certainly was was not the Democrats. So yeah, I'll I, give them that, right? Yeah. So. Anyway, legislatures I've spoken to in New Hampshire credit Dr. Paul Merrick, a prominent ICU doctor who gave an impassioned testimony on how this drug has helped him save so many patients sick with COVID. And not I spoke to this, the author speaking. Uh, The ivermectin bill wasn't the only success this week for advocates of medical freedom. The New Hampshire House successfully passed the following bills seeking to redress the civil liberties issues from the past two years. And this is the part I really wanted to get to because... When I read through this initially after you had shared this with me, Nikki, I was like, that's a lot of stuff. 
Yeah. That's a lot of stuff that I'm not hearing about elsewhere. So we'll just take it one by one. Uh, HB 1268. A ban on localities implementing mask mandates. So when other states were doing the mask mandate thing, New Hampshire as a state was one of the last ones to have like a governor, you know, step up and go, okay, we're going to have mask mandates. What they did instead is they allowed cities, towns to decide for themselves if they were going to have one. And not many did. A few of them did and everybody else kind of didn't until the governor decided to step up and go, okay, we're going to have a statewide mask mandate now. So... 603-283-6160. Our number three of Free Talk Live is next. Free Talk Live. Yes, it is. Free Talk Live, the live call-in radio program, where you can take control of the airwaves by dialing 603-283-6160. Talk about whatever's on your mind. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me, it's Nikki. I'm talking about this injunction. Uh, that has been granted against a law in D.C. Uh, that challenges the law itself, where apparently the law allows uh, kids to get vaccinated uh, without consent of their parents. And then uh, on top of that, we've been talking about New Hampshire, specifically where apparently there's been a lot of things the legislation has done here that other places haven't done to increase specifically medical freedoms. And I can't remember the last time there was any legislation passed that sort of granted more freedom of any sort, much less medical freedom, you know, specifically. So uh, I welcome anything that gives more freedom to individuals, more freedom of choice, more freedom to live without being coerced into somebody else's opinion. Uh, so we started this with uh, HB 1268, a ban on localities implementing mask mandates. So like that. Uh, the next one is 1379. They've uh, repealed the health commissioner's authority to add a vaccine to the school schedule of required shots. So apparently they have to jump through more hoops to get something ad- added rather than just go to the health commissioner and the health commissioner go, yep, you can do that. Uh, requiring hospitals to allow patients to have visitors in hospitals. One of the most heartbreaking things about lockdowns was specifically people in nursing homes and hospitals or people who had to go to the hospital for some other emergency, non-COVID related who could have no family uh, with them at all, period. Like, basically, their family was taken into these hospitals and imprisoned in these hospitals, and you couldn't visit them. You couldn't. You could probably call them on the phone if they had a phone in their room or something like that. But outside of that, uh, you couldn't have visitors at all, period. 
Yeah, and I mean, I could rant about that forever, being someone who worked in both nursing homes and hospitals during COVID and watching people be so negatively affected by this firsthand. But I think the most important thing is people deserve to have an advocate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, even if it's not like a family person, like, you know, let's, yeah, say, let's say they don't have any family. Trust. Yeah, let's say they don't have any family. They should be able to hire one. Yeah. You know, uh, it shouldn't matter if they want someone to be there with them. Yeah. They deserve that right. I mean, imagine how scary it is to either be like confused old person in a nursing home. All of a sudden, your daughter used to visit every day at two o'clock and now you think your daughter just abandoned you. I right. mean, there's just so many sad, horrible things that I've seen firsthand. Yeah from that so I'm, I'm glad that that's not a thing anymore in new hampshire at least there are more items on this list that we will talk about uh but first let's go to your calls and thoughts let's talk to major Payne, who's calling from michigan major you're on free talk live major major unmute your phone bro i cannot hear you can you hear me going once going twice all right, well, Major, if you can hear me, give us a call back. All right, so moving on. Uh, prohibiting state enforcement of vaccine mandates and data collection. Oh, I like that one. So uh, I like that it, it prohibits a thing that has already happened, right? Uh, the state, of course, did enforce vaccine mandates. Uh, if not New Hampshire itself, then many other states did. Uh, and so this now prohibits that. Uh, and it prohibits data collection of those who do get the vaccine. It's nobody's business except yours. Well, yeah, I mean, if the vaccine works, then why do I care if you have it? Exactly. Uh, the next one, uh, 1455, prohibiting state enforcement. Oh, no, that's the one we just read. Prohibiting the state and its political subdivisions from requiring a private business to have a vaccine mandate. This is something we saw in many states uh, as the government was, of course, continuing its huge overreach into people's personal medical private lives where they would certainly require certain businesses to have vaccine mandates. Uh, and I believe some of them still do. There was something about a, a number a number of employees. If you had more than this number of employees, why you had to continue on with the with the vaccines and the masks and all that. But if you were under this, then it was okay if you didn't. Which makes no sense. Uh, the next one: allowing the creation of new healthcare facilities that only take direct payment, thereby bypassing the medical cartel, federal COVID restrictions, and other onerous federal regulations now there shouldn't need to be a law to allow the creation of new healthcare facilities to only take that only take direct payment and bypass all the all the crap all the 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 bad guys if you will and other onerous federal regulations there shouldn't you should just be able to do so it should be that with any business but i'll take it because prior to this it didn't exist i like how they refer to it as a medical cartel yeah, yeah. Little Pretty bit accurate. A little, little bit of truth there in this legislation. Uh, prohibiting judges from using a parent's refusal to vaccinate their child as a basis for abridging parental rights. 
we covered a couple of those stories here on Free Talk yeah. Live where, you know, somebody refused to uh, get their child vaccinated. And so, you know, CPS was called and that type of thing, or somehow the state was otherwise involved uh, in, in violating the, the rights of the parents regarding their children. And so, again, a, a thing that shouldn't have to be written down to be understood, a thing that shouldn't need to be a law to, you know, these are all common sense things. But again, I'll take it because these things did happen and they should be prevented from happening ever again. If this helps that, okay. Uh, the next one is to become the first state to require a patient to opt into the vaccine registry in order for his or her vaccination status to be recorded. Yes. Uh, again, none of anybody's business. If uh, anybody you know gets any kind of medical treatment, I don't care if it's a vaccine or not. Uh, this one is specific to vaccines, it seems. Uh, I wish it were more vague than that so that it could be applied more broadly. But, yeah, okay, I'll take it. And uh, this last one prohibits public schools from requiring masks to attend. I just bravo. Unmask the kids. Bravo. I, it's so unnatural. I saw this video. I think it was from Arizona. And the teacher, like all the kids are wearing masks, right? And the teacher's like, today is the last day that you have to wear a mask in school. Yeah. And all of the kids start cheering. Yeah, I saw Some that. kids were crying. They all ripped them off. And it was just the most heartbreaking thing ever totally. that we were doing this to children. I mean, I, I, when I was working in the hospital, like I had to wear a mask for a little bit for, yeah. you know, sometimes like 16 hours, depending on how long my shift is. And, you know, kids are in school for a very long time, at least the length of a typical work yeah. shift. So just like thinking of how uncomfortable it made me as like an adult person, thinking back to myself as a child, how especially like having asthma and allergies and all of these other things that a lot of kids have nowadays, um, I just can't imagine forcing young kids or anyone really to wear a mask all day long. I mean, it's just not safe and it's not healthy and it's not conducive to like a healthy learning environment and freedom and, you know, autonomy. It's just, ugh. Couldn't agree more. So, in other words, the New Hampshire House vaccinated the state against most future strains of the medical tyranny virus. When will other GOP legislatures get vaccinated? The Democrats have nearly been wiped off the map in states like Wyoming and South Dakota, yet the legislatures have failed to pass a single meaningful bill on medical freedom. 603-283-6160. How free is your state with regards to medical freedoms. This is Free Talk Live. Yes, welcome back. It is Free Talk Live, nationally syndicated radio talk show, also broadcast on the internet, as well as some satellite stations. The freest program that I'm aware of. I don't know of any other nationally syndicated radio talk shows where you can call in, take control of the airwaves, and talk about whatever's on your mind. 
The telephone number six zero three two eight three six one six zero is the number you need if you want to join us in the studio. I am your host, the Reverend Captain Kickass. Joining me, it's Nikki. We've been talking about this article from theblaze.com about how New Hampshire seems to be leading the way in legislation prohibiting the overreach of governments that we saw time and time again with regards to COVID, the lockdowns and the masking and the mandates and uh, all, all all the ludicrous stuff that happened. And apparently... New Hampshire uh, is doing something about it, whereas other states, even if they are, you know, completely controlled by, you know, non-democratic representatives, uh, have yet to do anything. That's really the gist of this. So we talk more about that or whatever's on your mind. Uh, First, let's go to David in Kansas. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, hey, thanks for taking my call. Love the show as always. Thanks. Um, Listen to you on the great KINA. There's the plug for the local radio channel. Perfect. What's on Uh, your mind? Well, you know, I just kind of want to add into all the mandate stuff and and this letter that you all are talking about, because what I find interesting is you've got people of the government making laws prohibiting them from making more law. (laughs) It's kind of – it's interesting – I don't want to say fight fire with fire because that's not really what it is, but it's almost as if using the animal to attack itself. I, I don't know if that's the right metaphor. Yeah. So, so why even have to make laws anyway and just follow laws that are on the books and not have government overreach in the first place? That's where we come across with voting has consequences. Well, yeah. Well, the most difficult you know, but thing. But of course, also not voting is a statement because you don't want to pick from a giant douche and a sandwich so <laughs> yeah i mean I, I get it i get it i'm not i'm choosing not to vote for for evil at all i'm i'm but with you on that when it comes to like presidential elections and that type of thing yeah there is something to be said about voting like locally within your community specifically if you have a small community if you live in a big city well, yeah it's it's almost impossible for your vote to like do anything or mean anything but uh, in a smaller community, you can at least be the guy who stands up and is vocal at opposing these things, even though uh, it goes against it. And you bring up an interesting point because it is almost impossible to hold, and I don't know anybody who has, to hold these politicians accountable for what they've done, even though they, there are laws that already exist that prohibit all of this in some way, shape, or form. Uh, it is impossible to hold them accountable for what they do in almost every way, shape, or form. Right. And see, my, my thing is, is living in Kansas, we, we used to, Kansas used to be a very free state, mm-hmm. a very free state. I mean, you take on the, the, the Kansas-Nebraska Act and what, what, the, what people in Kansas thought about slavery. I mean, it, we were the start of the Civil War because we stood so firmly against it. Uh, you look at uh, Brown v. Board. Um, but then all of a sudden we started voting in these fascist Republicans, and then we get fascist Democrats to follow them right up, and we're just seesawing back and forth. Our current governor ended our mask mandate. Why? Because she's up for reelection. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the quote-unquote science, because you know what? She went against our Board of Health non-elected bureaucrat, 
and he quit because she told him, hey, I'm facing re-election. It has absolutely nothing to do with science. It has absolutely nothing to do with science. and all has to do with control. And my concern is, is, to me, I view all of these mandates as contradictory to the Fourth and Fifth Amendment. Indeed. I mean, you have the right to illegal search and seizures. That includes your medical records. And you have the right to remain silent. You don't have to tell the state anything. Yeah, in theory, that and would be if- nice. Um, and yeah, we were theory, kind of, that would be nice. And we were kind of seeing this with some of the vaccine mandates in other cities, like in Boston and in New York City. They started rolling them back. And at first I was like, oh, that's nice. Like, cool. Maybe people are starting to wake up. And then once you realize, nope, it's we're coming up on election midterms. season. Yep, yeah, it's midterms. Here yeah. we go. Lots of governors and lots of city council members. And they're all up for reelection. During the the height of the uh, the masking madness, there was a uh, a demonstration put on by some people here, actually in the town that that we're based out of, where uh, you know people without masks uh, decided to go to a grocery store that was uh, otherwise violating people's rights when it came to uh, masking and that type of a thing, uh, not allowing them to shop and that kind of a thing when they had medical disabilities and that type of thing. So there was a, I, I showed a friend of mine in Seattle some footage of that. Right. And his response was, was something like, bro, you'd get straight up lynched if you tried that here in Seattle. He's like, I mean, it is crazy. And I'm like, I believe uh, you, dude. It, it is. I have a contemporary of mine who we, we work in the same industry and um, he is moving from Seattle to Kansas to escape it. Yeah. I mean, I did. I came here from Seattle. I was in Seattle for 22 years. I played guitar yeah. and hit a bunch of heavy metal bands and, and that kind of thing. Uh, you know, I started my parody work when I was there. And I, I actually tried to come here five years before I did, and uh, I failed. I hit some black ice and, uh, well, lost a whole bunch of stuff in the attempted move. So I had to kind of crawl back where I had a, a support system. And then it took me five years to regroup and actually move out here. But, man, did I get here in the nick of time because... I mean, I'm just going along, living my life, you know, and uh, here comes the COVID, man. And I am so, I don't know what I would have done. I, I would have sold all my stuff and moved anyway to somewhere. So I, I support that fully. And hopefully uh, you and your friend see eye to eye, your contemporary. Oh, we do. We do. You know what? We're just trading in one war for another. Yeah. War on COVID to now war on Russia, war yep. on China. Yep. Ridiculous. I it's agree. ridiculous. Hey, thanks for the thanks call tonight. For everything. Yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, it is really sad that the the level of distraction that can be had by people being propagandized through television that people can so quickly forget about anything, yeah. really, anything. Uh, I, I, my flabber is gasted. I've said this before, and I'll continue to say it because it it disturbs me on a very personal level. That 15 minutes later, it's gone. 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. David in New Mexico, uh, please give a call back. It looks like we lost you. 603-283-6160 is the number. Or anybody else, if you want to call. Final segment. Nope. We still got two more segments to go here on Free Talk Live.
It is Free Talk Live. Welcome back. Thank you for listening and tuning in. It is the Sunday night edition. The telephone number is 603-283-6160. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. And Nikki. You can join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 27th through July 3rd for the 6th annual ForkFest over at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out last year. ForkFest takes place the week after ForkFest, but ForkFest is decentralized, which means there's no one in charge and there's no cost. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, your RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 27th through July 3rd. There's no better place to celebrate Independence Day than around other freedom-loving activists in the Shire. You can find out more at the unofficial website, ForkFest.Party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest Forum. Links to those can be found at ForkFest.Party. We hope to see you there. ForkFest.Party. Come party with the captain. It's going to be forking awesome. I'm going to have a fork in good time. That's what I'm going to do. I am attending fork, yeah. I am attending the Porcupine Freedom Festival as Me well. Me too. For my first time. Uh, I didn't go the first year I was here. I had a job and it was hard for me to ask for the time off and yeah. I wanted to go and I could everybody already had requested the time off. It's the you know sort of near the 4th of July summer vacation stuff. So I couldn't get in on that. And then last year there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on, and I just really could only, I had to choose one, so I chose to go to Fork Fest again because I had such a good time the year before. I was like, I don't want to give that up. So, But I am going to attend uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival for my first time this year. Nice. So, uh, yeah, come hang out. Say hello. If you see the, the bald guy with the goatee, introduce yourself. Last year, I had like a couple of people at Fork Fest be like, hey, you're the captain, aren't you? I'm like, That's always I'm so like, fun yeah. and like, sometimes strange. Can I take, like, can I take a selfie? I'm like, sure. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Maybe they're feds. Who knows? It's hard to tell. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, certainly we will see you at ForkFest. All right. Uh, let's just go right away to David in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Forking A, man. What the fork's going on? What's on your fork in mind? Well, you had a forking call at the beginning of your program, and you kind of been alluding to it uh, or talking about various things, uh, government, CPS, uh, forced vax, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but your call at the beginning of the program, you had a, uh, a guy call in. Uh, Wait, hang on. You said you, hang, hang on, yeah. David. I just want to. I just want to. Like my psychic powers are kicking in, and I have a. And Monica Zamora. I have a feeling that that you're going and to say. And Monica Zamora. What's the other one? John J. Romero. John J. Jr. Romero, yeah. John J. Romero Jr. Jr. And then uh, trafficking. Angela. Trafficking. Yeah, trafficking. Kids yeah, trafficking, and child trafficking. Court of Appeals, unanimous Court of appeals. decision. I missed that on Court yeah. of Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, so go so ahead. Some, yeah, it, it, theoretically, it goes something like, yeah, M. Monica Zamora uh, was proven guilty in the New Mexico Court of Appeals by me, uh, in a unanimous decision against M. Monica Zamora, saying that she illegally trafficked my children, and uh, then John J. Romero Jr. Uh, refused to follow the uh, letter in the spirit of the uh, mandate uh, back to him in the children's court, and I've never seen my children again. So it's something like that. But yeah. Hey, I do have and, a question for you, though, regarding M. Monica Zamora. Do you know what the M in M. Monica Zamora stands for? 
Well, uh, other than moronic, I don't have any guess. I'd have to do some research. Okay, all right. Uh, I'll I'll just leave that to you. I'll leave that you know, plant that little seed in your head for like, what does that M stand for? I will I will dig into that. So you had that caller you had, and you that opened up that, and you were talking about um, the the false allegations angle of it, and I, and in in retrospect, I see how I got set up, and it's kind of it's actually kind of entertaining to see how they did this whole thing. Um, so I wanted to lay out a few of the steps so that other people can uh, look for them if they're if they're so involved. Show us um, the signs, David. Show us the signs. <laughs> So it's in- incrementalism is what it is, which is also, a.k.a. moving the goalpost uh, that has you jumping through this hoop and then that hoop and then the other hoop and they keep moving the goalpost, and uh, that's incrementalism. So, what you know, it started out as a normal uh, uh, separation, divorce, uh, split up um, with children. So she wanted to leave, and, okay, so we're split up. She leaves, and we're passing kids back and forth. And then, of course, I don't do uh, everything that she tells me because she wants to tell me everything to do, and I start to... Uh, standing up for my own rights a little bit. And then I get served one day with papers from the courthouse because what she did is she went down and filed uh, a custody case where we were doing without a custody case. And then she's the one that paid the $137. That's a key thing. She's the one that filed and paid the money. She's the one that received the generic uh, temporary domestic order, which gave her complete control of the children until uh, you get into court, which is typically two or three months later. So that gives you two or three months of uh, complete control the children and and uh, then what you do is you get yourself an attorney and the attorney starts plotting different w- things you can do and what they and one of the things that, that they can do and they did to me is they um, they don't allow you to ex- to uh, exchange children as adults anymore you have to exchange children through a supervised uh, service and so we were doing that for a while and a supervised service there you're constantly being uh, monitored spied on uh, examined etc cetera, etc cetera. Oh, yeah. and then one day and then one day I was told, oh, no more supervised exchanges. Mrs. is only agreeing to supervised visitation. And no reason is given whatsoever because none is, e- is needed because the temporary domestic order gives Mrs. or the one that filed a complete control of everything until you get before a judge. And so now I'm on supervised visitation after not doing anything uh, wrong. There was nothing alleged. And uh, then in, in, the, in the supervised visitation, they have a monitor that, that it, their job is to not let you be out of their sight. They can't take their eyes off of you. They, they have to write notes continuously as to what is going on, even if it's not bad. They write continuously yeah. while staring at you. And if you move across the room, they follow you because they have to remain within 15 feet of you while you're visiting your children. And they have a one-way mirror on the wall, and they have cameras on, on, in all the corners. And, and then... Um, uh, what the lawyer does is gets a hold of those notes and they find anything negative written in those notes and, and they use that against you. And in, and in my case, there were no, there were no allegations of crime uh, necessary. They didn't make any, nobody ever made any allegation of any criminal activity. What they did instead was insinuate in a letter that they wrote directly to the judge after calling the judge, Angela Jewell, directly on the telephone and having a, an ex parte conversation outside of my presence, outside Outside of the courtroom, yep. they had a conversation followed by a letter with Judge Angela Jewell and, and made this insinuation and that insinuation and the other insinuation. And then Judge Angela Jewell illegally used those insinuations and said, guess what, Mr. Olson, we have all these insinuations. You, I'm going to order that you go to a therapist and to a forensic psychologist and, and so that they can examine you. And then guess what happens there? 
uh, they just they, they you know, that's it, right? I mean, you go and they what, get whatever results they want, but then they take your kids away and you're SOL. Yeah, but when you go to the when you go to get examined by a forensic psychologist, uh, then they they do all kinds of. Uh, what the heck um, is a forensic uh, psychologist anyway? That, that's where that they have you take like the MMPI uh, battery test, whatever it is. It takes like twelve hours of answering stupid questions, uh, pencil and paper reading, and 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 then they and they have you do some other. They do a bunch of different weird psychological tests, and then they take the mumbo jumbo test, and they and they magically look in their crystal ball and deduce from all of this mumbo-jumbo, oh, there's this issue, and there's that issue. You need to go to see this therapist. Yeah. And, and, and they keep they keep, telling, they keep adding another thing to do they, and another thing yeah, to they, do. Yeah, they made you do the monkey dance. This is something that I refer to all the time to people who are involved with things you know, regarding government and the state and whatever, and it's like, oh, I gotta go do this thing, but before I can go do that, I have to dance like a monkey, right? And this is what the, yeah. the state does to you. It makes you do the monkey dance. Go ahead. Yeah, and it never ends. It literally never ends because this is we're at fourteen years. It never ends unless unless you pay if you pay the big money to a lawyer tens of thousands of dollars, then you can make it end. Some. Hey, thanks for the call, David. We appreciate it. Good luck with your situation. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Has the government made you dance like a monkey? They've made me do it. Uh, I, I I hate it when they do. What I have done, I particularly like, oh, I don't know, at the DMV. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It's one of my least favorites. More Free Talk Live coming up. Yeah. Yes, come on and listen to Free Talk Live seven nights a week. From 7 p.m. until 10 p.m. Eastern Time. That's when we broadcast. If you want to call and be on the radio, talk about whatever's on your mind, get your thoughts out, you can do so between 7 and 10 p.m., seven days a week, Eastern Time, here on Free Talk Live. And we won't make you do the monkey dance. I mean, maybe. It's a, it's host discretion. but Depends who you are. Generally speaking, no. No <laughs> monkey dance will be required. Uh, <laughs> in the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. And Nikki. Uh, I want to take just a second, a seconds, just a second, to say thank you to Alex Genop. Alex Genop is a silver level amplifier, and that means he gives five bucks a month to Free Talk Live over at amps.freetalklive.com. Amps is an acronym. It stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. If you enjoy listening to this radio program, you enjoy the hosts, the co-hosts, the topics, the perspective of freedom and liberty that we bring and peace, uh, then please consider becoming an amplifier over at amps.freetalklive.com and help get this program onto more great radio stations nationwide and also increase our broadcast on things like satellite and our reach over the Internet and, and that type of a thing. If you enjoy this program, please consider helping us out over at amps.freetalklive.com. Thank you again, Alex G. Knopp. You are appreciated. All right, so we don't have time to really dive into this other bit. So instead, uh, here's a thing that I actually wanted to cover last night. We didn't get to it, and I want to make sure we got to it tonight. Uh, this is from uh, 
there were several sources on this. I just happened to grab resistthemainstream.org uh, as a source. Uh, this is Alabama. So if any of y'all ever been to Alabama, you recognize this accent. That's about as accurate as an Alabama accent as I think anybody can get. But uh, Governor Kay Ivey has signed a bill to eliminate permit requirement for carrying pistols, i.e. Alabama has adopted constitutional carry. And that's a pretty big deal. Alabama Governor Kay Ivey on Thursday signed a constitutional carry law or bill into law that allows permitless, no permit required, concealed carry in the Yellowhammer state. Oh, so that doesn't include open carry? Uh, I thought constitutional carry was you don't need a permit and you can like concealed carry I'm and open carry. Can I guess from the tone that open carry was already allowed? Okay, because I know some states guessing. are weird about it. Like in Massachusetts, for example, like open carry is like a pretty big no-no most of the time, but you can conceal, which to me doesn't make sense because wouldn't that be like more dangerous if you're, con- you know, it just doesn't. Yeah. It's more just like, I don't want to scare people as, it's, it's just weird it doesn't make sense to as me. horrible as the seattle area is as far as it being way leaning left um washington state's open carry yeah still on the books you need a permit for concealed but i mean nobody in seattle does it you have to go uh, east of seattle or north and south barely uh, there are some areas in there but if you go east of the seattle area on the other side of the mountains or as i like to call it the midwest <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's almost like two different countries, really. The cultures yeah. are like severely different. But that's right? generally how it is, like cities versus rural areas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Spokane is a pretty a big lot. city, and it's on the other side, but it is definitely far more, uh, we'll say, red, you know, than Seattle. You know, being blue. Am I getting those colors right? Red is uh, yeah. Who Republican, cares? Blue. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I don't care what gang colors you wear. Just be a decent person. Right, Bloods versus Crips. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I should start referring right. If I could keep the yeah, colors straight. I know. Yeah. Uh, Alabama House Bill 272, also known as the Constitutional Carry Bill, eliminates certain restrictions on concealed carry of pistols and transporting a handgun in a private vehicle. The bill also established a $5 million fund to offset the revenue loss of local governments. What does that mean? Oh, because they won't be paying for the permit? Oh. What? They didn't take in $5 million a year in permit fees. I I hope they didn't. Oh, uh, if they did, that's quite a racket. Uh, the bill was sponsored by state rep Shane Stringer. <laughs> There's got to be a joke in there somewhere. <laughs> and co-sponsored by 36 other Republicans in the state house. The new law will go into effect January 1st. It's, they got to wait till January 1st. It's March. Pathetic. <laughs> it's mid-March. They got to wait till it doesn't go into effect immediately. Why wait? Why? What's the point of waiting? Anyway, it'll go into effect January 1st when Alabama will become the 22nd constitutional carry state. Hmm. Ivy regarded the signing of the law as an act to defend Second Amendment rights. Unlike states who are doing everything in their power to make it harder for law-abiding citizens, Alabama is reaffirming our commitment to defending our Second Amendment rights. She said in a statement, I have always stood up for the rights of law-abiding. You know, whatever. She's a politician. She's lying. Somebody throw a tomato. (laughs) Or a shoe. (laughs) Maybe a tomato with a shoe in it. A shoe with a tomato in it. Yeah, Yeah. there we go. That's a good one. Tomato shoes. Shoes made of tomatoes. 
Supporters of the bill said it will help citizens protect themselves. Duh. (laughs) As law enforcement is being defunded and criminals aren't being prosecuted, is law enforcement being defunded? I haven't seen any evidence of that. Are criminals not being prosecuted? Well, that's the fault of, well, you, the politician here I'm speaking of. It's more important than ever that law-abiding Americans' right to protect themselves, their loved ones, and their homes is fully recognized. NRA Alabama State Director Art Tom said in a statement, Art Tom, never trust a man with two first names. Art Tom. Law enforcement agencies hold differentiated views on that new law, the Alabama political reporter reported. (laughs) Somebody wrote that sentence, the Alabama political reporter reported. Anyway, uh, congrats, I guess, to Alabama. You know, you've, you've you've got a write back that you didn't have before. It only took somebody writing words down on a piece of paper for for it to happen. So, congratulations. Uh, also, because uh, Richie Rich isn't here, I did want to uh, go over this one briefly. This is from Futurism dot com. Amateur rocket builders planning to launch astronaut into space. Sounds legit. Wait, is this, um, let me guess, let me guess. Bill Gates and Elon Musk? (laughs) Uh, For those of you who have seen the movie Better Off Dead, it's a 1980, maybe 1980, 81 classic film uh, where uh, John Cusick plays the lead, but he has a younger brother who they sort of like as a hidden subplot, they sort of reveal that this little kid is doing things. He, He orders some sort of, you know, technical guide. He... He orders a book on how to pick up trashy women, and then his brother like walks into his room one day, and there he is with some trashy women like having a cocktail party. He just closes the door and leaves. Anyway, towards the end of the movie, you hear this rumbling, and you hear a rocket, and it like busts through like the, the top roof of the garage of, of their house. So this kid, while the rest of the movie was going on, had been building his own like space shuttle-looking thing and decided to you know, take off. And so he was having the cocktail party with the trashy women as sort of his last hurrah before he takes off to go to outer space. boy. That's what this headline brought to mind as soon as I read it. Amateur rocket builders planning to launch astronaut into space. Space travel isn't just for billionaires anymore. Uh, most days, Mad Stenfat is a mild-mannered pricing manager who spends his time crunching numbers on Excel spreadsheets. In his off time, though, he's trying to launch himself and his friends into space. He's one of around 50 volunteers at Copenhagen Suborbitals, the group of amateur rocketeers in Denmark who are trying to launch a person into suborbit on a homemade rocket, and they're doing it on a shoestring budget. (laughs) I feel like, I mean, okay, we'll just continue. We do it because it's hard, Stenfat told Futurism. Once you're in it, you start to realize also that the fun part is not getting to the goal. The fun part is constantly working on challenges that are so ridiculously difficult. The ragtag group of amateurs are brought together by their love of rocketry and their singular goal of yeeting a person into space. <laughs> I love how they put it like that. <laughs> I shall yeet you into space. Sounds legit. You know, <laughs> I wonder what it would take for these guys to consider yeeting uh, people of specific uh, professions like, well, I don't know, the public sector, for example. We don't need a rocket ship for that. We just need a giant slingshot. <laughs> yeet away. Yes. 
what they lack in funding and resources, they more than make up for in tenacity, incentive, or inventiveness, and sheer force of will. Best of luck to you guys. I hope you're hope you're rocketeering. I hope your yeeting goes well. Yeet on. We're out of time. Happy birthday, Nikki. Thank, Thank you, you to all of our listeners. And peace. <laughs>